Welcome to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this week's encouraging message. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. The title of this message is The Born Identity. I was going to actually like, play a clip from like Jason Bourne, you know, that, but I decided not to do that. Um, but so, you know, so God's really been putting something in my heart about who we are in Christ. Um, we sang this song today, I am who you say I am. I am who you say I am. I'm chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. And it's the word of God that brings life to our spirits. It's in the word of God that we find our identity. See, see in America today, America is going to tell you who you are. They're going to tell you your sexual orientation. They're going to tell you well, based on your title, this is who you are. They're going to tell you based on what you eat, who you are. So we are constantly labeling ourselves as certain identities, as certain things that are, some of them are okay. Titles are good, but it's, it's essentially, that's just more like a label. An identity is who you are on the inside. It's who you were born to be. So that's what I'm talking about today is your born identity. Um, and, uh, so, you know, there's a battle over your identity. There's a battle over who you really are. And we live in a, in a country where I talked about earlier, you, your identity is there's confusion. It's, it's almost like I am this one way. I am not this the other way. And, and a couple things of mistaken identity that I've found um, in my own life. So I'm going to be transparent with you guys today. So when you are... Getting identity outside of the Word of God, there are some things that you'll start feeling, all right? We're going to highlight a couple things right here. Burnout. Has anybody had the Monday blues? It's Monday. Ah, it's Monday. I got to get back to my job. Fear. Disbelief. Unsettling. Sexual orientation, confusion, the image of who God is, the image of who you are, insecurity, the need for approval, motive for service, having a hard time to forgive. These are indicators that something's going on the inside, that your, your, your identity is not strong in the Lord. Does that make sense? That you're not really confident in who you are in Christ. So if you're feeling these things, this message is for you. If not, this is going to be just something great to listen to, all right? So well, before we get into the Word, let's pray. Let's pray for me. Let's pray for the Word of God, Father. I, I thank you for myself. And I thank you, God, that you have brought me up here today. Today's a new day. I'm alive. Um, allow me to speak effectively into the hearts of everyone in this room. Um, I pray for the Word and the seeds planted today. May they grow deep, take root deep, Father God, and produce a harvest for uh, lives to come. In Jesus' name. So, so like I'm saying, we've been grown up, whether it's our culture or society, we've grown up being told who we are. Um, it may be um, your, your, your class, your, your class, maybe it's the middle class, the lower class, upper class. You are associated with these things. But that is, that is the world's label of who you are. We're going to talk about how God sees you. That sound good today? All right, cool. So let's first of all read Genesis chapter 1. Verse 26. And if, uh, if you forgot your Bibles, find a Christian, and they can help you with that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> 
Just kidding. But you guys should be bringing your Bibles to church. All right, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. God said, let us make man in our own image and after our likeness. Let them have dominion. Say dominion. Dominion. Over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Creeping things that creep. Wow. All right. I don't like creepy things, but I have dominion over them, so that's good. Um, So God created man in his own image. Whose image were we created in? Okay. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on earth. Come with me. We're going to read a couple things set up for the, uh, the message. It's the easy pitch. Um, John chapter 15. Turn with me there real quick. John chapter 15, verse 15. No longer do I call you what? Servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide. So whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command to you so that you love one another. I was reading this book um, by Jack Frost called From, From Spiritual Slavery to Sonship. And he said a lot of Christians have this image of God that, that they see themselves as spiritual orphans, that they're undeserving of the Father's love, that they're undeserving of blessing, that they're undeserving of, of stepping into the best for their life. And he said that slavery will keep you from obtaining what God has for you because your mind's set on who I once was. I'm a slave, but no longer am I a slave. I'm now redeemed. So what happens is if you're stuck in the slavery mentality, even though you are a son, you'll still operate as a slave. You'll still operate as a servant. So um, this is where it gets fun. I I love videos. I love videos. And and, uh, if I can get the lights shut down real quick, um, we're going to dive into the heart of the message. And I want to talk about before we play the video, um, who knows the story of uh, King Arthur? Okay, a couple of you guys in here. So, um, give you guys some backstory. So, King Arthur, um, he wasn't a king to start off. He actually, uh, and this is a fable story, which is cool, though. I think you can find a lot of um, interesting things out of the, uh, the early uh, centuries. And, and um, so, King Arthur, um, he, his father, he, um, his father and mother, they had him, but he was taken away from the kingdom, and he was orphaned, and he grew up under another household, his name was Wart. Can you imagine? Your, your name's Arthur, but they're calling you Wart. So, uh, so he's, he's lived an orphan his own life. He's felt, um, he's felt forsaken. He's felt like he doesn't fit in. And it wasn't until this scene that he came into realization of who I really am. So we can play that clip real quick.
Man, I love that scene. Come on. All right. So, so here's the thing. So he's, he's been an orphan in nobody's whole life. And there's actually, so this, um, this guy named Merlin says, we got to find, we got to find who our true king is. So they place a sword in the stone and it says a true king will be able to pull out the sword. So he just comes up like, cause everybody in the city has to do it. And he steps into it and he grabs the sword and the sword starts to move. Whenever you start stepping into what God has for you, things will start moving in your life. Does that make sense? So when, when you guys can come into the word of God, the sword, the word, thing, when you start believing the word of God, things in your life will start moving. Yes. Amen? So this is why it's the born identity. It's you coming into what the word of God says, not what the world wants to identify you as, not your identity that you grew up with, not, not the neighborhood you grew up in. God says, I want you to come and find me in my word, because in my word you'll find true identity. This is your born identities in the word of God. So here we go. This is the fun part. So John 6, verse 16. You guys don't have to turn me real quick because I'm going to go on turbo uh, mode right here. John, uh, John chapter 6. So Jesus just got done feeding the 5,000. He got done walking. He's, he's done walking on the water. So his disciples are hyped up. It's actually not just the 12. He has a following of disciples with him. More than the 12. You guys following me? So, so Jesus, after everybody's hyped up, they're like, man, we get free meals. We get to watch a magic show. This guy is awesome. And Jesus then says, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. And so what happened to those disciples? They fell away. But there was the 12 the 12 that stayed with him. And, and, and in chapter uh, 6, verse 68, Jesus turned to the 12 and says, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and come to know that you are the Holy One of God. So what's, what Peter is saying here, he's saying, God, where else can we get life? Where else can we find our identity? Your words give us life. Doesn't matter what the world says. You are where we live. You are where we find our being. And so the definition, and I, I really believe this is kind of what set Peter apart from the other disciples, and this is why God says, upon this rock I'll build my church, because Peter realized that nobody else has the words like Jesus has. No one else can speak life into my world like Jesus. And so that's why we are hitching our wagon to this train, and we're not going anywhere. That's what you have to do with the Word of God. No matter what happens in your life, no matter what diagnosis you make, come against, no matter what people may say about you, you have to go back to this word and say, Jesus, you alone have the words of eternal life. Where else will we go? Um, uh, uh, whatever they call them, those, uh, those uh, palm readers don't have the solutions for them. You know, you know, Muhammad, Islam, Buddha, nobody else has words of eternal life, but you do, God. And that's why it's so important when you can say, God, no matter what I'm feeling, no matter what I've been labeled in the past, my born identity is found in your word. Yeah. Amen? All right. So we're going to talk about one of my favorite guys here, the story of Abraham. So uh, we're going we're gonna to strap on here. So there's a couple things that come with identity. I'm going to highlight four of them real quick. Number one is purpose. So I do want you guys to turn your Bibles with me to Genesis. Turn me to Genesis uh, chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. 
Now Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, and his sons, and his son Abram's wife, and they went forth together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. The days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. I want to say something real quick. So um, the word... So Terah is the husband of Abram. So Abram's not called Abraham yet. What that means, what his name Terah means, it means to loiter. Have you guys ever gone to um, uh, a restaurant or the mall and they got those, those signs, no skateboarding, no trespassing, no loitering? Loitering is just being around with no purpose. I'm just hanging out with no purpose. So Abram grew up in a family, remember, Words have, are significant not only in the kingdom of God but to the Jewish traditions. So this man's name, Abram's father's name means loitering. Means to loiter. He's a loiterer. And so Abraham, his whole life has been nothing but meaningless. Because he's living with a father who doesn't have a plan. Who doesn't have a purpose. Then God comes, you guys tracking with me? Come on, come on. Let me get some head nods or something. Alright? So then God shows up to Abram. So think about this. Think about this real quick. You may have an upbringing where you didn't find much meaning or you, you may not feel like what, you're, what you have to offer is very much. But God wants to take you from that situation and give you purpose. So here in, in chapter 12, now God said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to a land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. We talk about how like Kevin did such a great job on how tithing and offering is not only, it's not just what God wants you to give, but he wants to get stuff to you so you can give more. God doesn't just bless you to be a hoarder. God blesses you to be a blessing. So in this verse it says, I will bless you, make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Yeah. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So the point number one is purposed. Purpose. So Abraham is um, age 75 at this time. Age 75. So anybody out there that's uh, right around 75 or older, you still got a lot of purpose left in your life. Amen? Amen? So, so Abram is 75 years old. He's lived with a father who's a loiterer his whole life. And God says, go. I want you out of that situation. I want you out of that mentality of my life is meaningless. I'm just going to do my job. I'm just going to make some money and be okay. God wants to take you out of that mentality and give you purpose. So that's, that's the first word. The word of God is telling you who you are, not somebody else telling you. And the word of God gives you purpose. The blessing, though, the, the interesting thing about this chapter in chapter 12 is the blessing came to Abraham when he went. He says, go. And it says in verse 4, so Abraham went as the Lord told him, gathered all of his possessions. I want to I scroll down um, to verse number uh, 
Number six, you hear that millennial in me? Scroll down. Let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's go down to uh, verse number six. Abram passed through the land of Shechem to the oak of Morah. And at that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring, I will give you this land. So he built an altar and blessed the Lord. So here's the thing. When God's word comes to your life, when you read the word of God, it's going to give you purpose. Number one, that's your identity. It's in God's word gives you purpose. Um, number two is provision. It's inheritance. Um, Listen, so it's crazy. When you, when you think about what God does, whenever God sends you, he just doesn't send you lacking. He always sends you with provision. He sends you with inheritance. So when you begin to recognize who you are in Christ, you step into an inheritance that has been building from generations behind you. And God says, I want you to step into what I have because it's not just about you. It's what I've been doing for, from ages behind. I want to carry the momentum with you. And so in number, the point number two is purpose or not is Number one's purpose. Number two is provision. So God said, I will go and I will bless you. I will give you an inheritance. And uh, what I talked about earlier is, you know, God is always going to provide for you. When you step into what God's calling you to, there's going to be provision. I think this is really interesting. I want you guys to see this. Um, If we look at verse 7, the Lord spoke to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give you this land. He's talking about the land of Canaan, and there were already inhabitants in that land. So have you ever had a promise from God where you thought maybe it wasn't from you or nearly impossible because someone else was walking in it? Or because there was a situation that seemed too great to move? God says, Abraham, I'm going to give you this land. Can you imagine Abraham thinking, um, God, that's, that's great, but you know, these guys over here named the Canaanites, they already they have this land. This is their land. God says, no, I've saved that for you. So, so one is provision. God, wherever he calls you, he's going to provide for you. Abram was considered one of the wealthiest men in the Bible, second to Solomon. Um, it says, that, uh, and you guys don't tell me, but in chapter 13, Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold. So it's very evident that when Abram stepped out of a lack of purpose, a lack of meaning. When he got to the word of God, when he ran with the word of God, not only now did he have purpose, but he had the financial blessing of God, the favor of God over his life. You guys track with me? So that's number two. And I, I got this word today uh, from somebody that poverty is not your legacy. Poverty is not your inheritance. So if anybody's grown up, whether just barely getting by, you know, I've sometimes, you know, for me, and I can share this because it's been a challenge. Sometimes I'll look at my bank account and I'll be like, God, like, your, your desire is to bless me. But, you know, when I have $17 and my gas I need is 30 it doesn't make any sense. But it's always like when I trust God, when I say, God, I'm stepping out of faith, God always provides. And so whoever in here that's grown up with a poverty mentality where they felt like I can't, I'm not good enough or I'm not going to make enough or, or financial blessings not for me, God wants to break that off of you. God wants to break that off of you because poverty is not your legacy. Poverty is not your inheritance. God's called you and he will provide. Amen? So that was, that was point number two. Number three is compromise. Don't compromise. So first one was purpose. Second one was provision. Number three is don't compromise. So let's look at, um, well, kind of, um, kind of the story of Abram. It says, God told Abram, I want you to, 
Look north, south, east, and west. All that land I will give you, and it will make your offspring as the dust of the earth. So Abraham, Abram at this time, and he's 75 years old. We read in chapter, um, chapter 11 that from marriage his wife's been barren. That, so for, so let's say he got married, they got married young in the Bible, so let's say he was 10. Um, so let's say for 65 years, he couldn't have a baby. But God says, I'm going to make you a great nation. So can you, can you imagine his thought process there? He's like, God, I've been trying for 65 years and it's not working. So don't compromise. I'll tell you why. So there's two, two opportunities that Abram had to compromise. And it's amazing to see God's grace was still there in all of it. Um, in chapter 15, it says, Fear not, Abram, verse 1, I am your shield, I am your reward. Your reward shall be great. But Abram said, O oh Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless. Can, can you um, kind of track with me for a second? Who's gotten a word, and it's been years, and you haven't seen that word come forth? You haven't seen that word come about. And so Abraham, I can feel his pain. He says, God, I hear you, your word, but I'm continue in this childless position. There's no fruit that I can see. So God, I got a solution. It's interesting when we always think we know better than God. You know, I got a solution, God. Um, instead of, you know, fruit from my, from my life, you know, I have an heir, Eli Ezer of Damascus. He's a great guy, God. He'll be my heir, and you can use him to multiply the nations. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said, This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. Okay, so we sometimes in life we have the opportunity when we don't see the blessing of God, we don't see the word of God. We've stepped out of faith, just like Abram. We've we've stepped forward. We've taken all of our possessions. We we left our father, the loiterer, and we're like we're not loitering anymore. We're leaving that. We have purpose now, and and it's and it's a couple years later, and we're like, well, God, you said it was going to be a great nation that. My, inherit, my children will be greater than the dust of the land, but I don't see that right now. So why don't I come up with a solution for you, God? Why, why don't you take this guy from Damascus? He's a great guy. I know him. He's raised in my house. But God says, no. In chapter 16, Sarai said, Abram, it's not working. I think by now, I think they're almost 99. So we'll get to that point in a second. So Sarai... Is, is like, Abram, it's not working. We've tried for 65 years. Now we're probably on 75 years, 85 years. It's not working. It's not working. I'm going to give you my maidservant. And, and let's try to have a baby with her. So, so Abram listened to his wife, and, and the maidservant conceived Ishmael. And so Abraham's thinking, okay, this is my promised child. And God says, no, I'll bless Ishmael, but... That's, that's not, your, that's not your, your heir. That's not your inheritance. So the third point I want to make is don't compromise. When you don't see the fruit, when you don't see the promise, don't settle. Yeah. Don't settle for what's convenient. It was convenient to say, here's my buddy from Damascus. He's a good guy. It was convenient to, to try out, you know, another solution with Sarai's maidservant. But 
But was God's blessing in that? No, God said, hold on tight. Hold on tight. I've given you my word. My word does not return to me void. What I've said will come forth to pass. So, so here's the thing. Um, I'll be honest with you. So we, we put our house on the market, um, and that's a stressful thing. You guys, I don't know if anybody's tried to sell their house recently. It's stressful. We had like 16 showings in two weeks. You get this alert, uh, we want to come by your house in 30 minutes. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and you have two little kids under the age of four. That's, that's tough. That's tough to make sure everything's picked up and stuff. And, and so we finally, we had an offer. Praise God. Um, we got the offer on Sunday. The Friday before God spoke to me, he said, I have a buyer for you. I'm like, thanks, God. Cool. I got a buyer for you, but it's not who you think it is. And I was like, okay, awesome. That sounds great. I, I wasn't really thinking of anybody at the time, but I said, okay, that sounds good. So we get an offer on Sunday, three days later. Three days later, I'm like, God, it's the buyer. I wasn't expecting this person. <laughs> they, 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 sent their do- they sent somewhat legitimate documentation, and um, we're in due diligence. We're in escrow. And three weeks later, I get a call from my, well, actually, the um, inspection was canceled on the house. I was like, that's weird. I get a, a call from my realtor, and, and she says that this individual was actually never pre-approved for a loan in the first place. She, they, she went to a bank and had a banker draft up a letter saying pre-approved, and then she went to try to apply for the loan once she made the offer. So what are we now? We're back to our houses back on the market. So, but interesting enough, that word the guy had spoken on Friday prepared my heart for that bad news. And I'm like, no sweat. God's got a buyer. I thought it was this person, but he's got somebody better. So don't compromise, amen? Don't, don't settle down for what you think might be okay and step out of faith and say, God, no matter what I'm seeing right now, I'm a son of God. I know who I am in you. I know my father takes good care of me. So no matter what I'm facing, I can... Press forward with confidence. Okay? Okay. Number four. You guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. Last point. Um, God gives you a new name. So let's look at Genesis chapter 17. Tell your neighbor this is going to get real good. Okay, good. Tell like you mean it. Uh, <laughs> and Abraham was 99. They've been 99, so they've been trying for 89 years. <laughs> and the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I am God Almighty. Don't you love when God tells you who he is? Well, I know. But he tells you not because he needs to... Reassure himself because you need to be reassured of who God is. So, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. That I may make my covenant between me and you and I may multiply you greatly. And Abram fell on his face and God said, Behold my covenants with you. You shall be a father of a multitude. I love it when God speaks. He will always back up with confirmation. He will always encourage you along the way. Just like, we, uh, just like I shared a word over Tess Mason, just like I shared a word over of Matthew, a prophetic word, a word from God is to encourage, is to edify, is to build up. If you've taken prophetic words to heart that have not built you up, that they felt sick, don't take them. If you've received a word and you're like, ah, that just doesn't settle really good, it wasn't for you. Bless that person, but it wasn't for you. The word of God, when it comes, it comes to build, to edify, and to encourage. 
So here it is. Abram. He says, Abram, no longer shall you be called Abram. Can you, Abram means revered father. I'm sure he's so relieved. Can you imagine Abram going to the marketplace? What's your name? Oh, it's, it's revered father. Oh, that's great. Where, where are your kids? Like, like can you imagine? Hey, what's... what's uh, Abram. Yeah, I don't have any kids, but my name's, you know, revered father. So, so that's Abram. So God's like, Abram, I got a solution for you. I'm going to change your name. I'm sure Abraham's so relieved. Ab- God says, Abram, I'm not going to call you revered father. I'm going to call you father of a multitude. <laughs> Abraham. Can you imagine he's going back to the marketplace? Abram, what's up? No, guys. I've changed my name. Oh, we were wondering when you would change your name. What's your name now? Um, father of many? Father of all. Abram, have you been out in the sun too long? Like, what's going on? What? You... So it's interesting, but God's prophetic word to Abram say, hey, I'm going to take you not only where you are, but I'm going to make this even better. So... Isn't that interesting? Just like um, King Arthur in this, in this fable, he was warped. Like, I'm so glad he got his name changed to Arthur. You know, but whenever God calls you, he removes your past identity and he gives you something new. He gives you something with purpose. And so I want to encourage you today, whatever you have labeled yourself that is not in alignment with the word of God, that's not your identity. Because it says, those who are in Christ are a new creation. You are reborn into the kingdom of God. So whatever you've been labeling yourself in the past, drop that label, receive the word of God over your life, and press on. And press on. Amen? Amen. So we know the story how it ends. Abraham, how old is he now? He's, he's close, I think he's still around 99. I think a year later, so he's 100. So 90 years, and they finally do it. And the promise is there. The promise is there. So you may say, Samuel, um, actually, can I get the keys come up? I like preaching with the keys. It just sets the mood. You know, um, you may say, Samuel, I know what you're talking about. I've, I've labeled myself. Or, Samuel, you don't know. My situation is too messed up. I, I, can't, I can't move on from it. My past is too strong. My shame's too heavy. I don't know if I can accept who God calls me to be. I don't know if I can accept that. And I love the story in Luke chapter 15 regarding the prodigal son. So we know the story of the prodigal son. He, uh, he says, Dad, give me my inheritance. Give me my money. And he, and he takes his money and he goes and he spends it all. He goes to Vegas. He spends it all. And he realizes, I don't have any more money. I've spent my inheritance. So what does he do? He gets a job. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens in chapter 15, verse 15. Of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate. And no one gave him anything. But then he came to himself and said, How many of my father's hired servants 
had more than enough bread. But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as your hired servants. So he rose and went to his father. And while he was still a long way off, the father saw him and felt compassion. And ran and embraced him and kissed him and said, And the son said to his father, Father, I have sinned against heaven before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring the best robe. The best robe is he threw off his old clothes, he threw off the shame, and he's got a new name. He's got a new, he's got a new representation of I am a son. Some of you in the place have to throw off what's been those old rags that you've been wearing that are those chains that you're holding on to. They weren't yours to carry. God's got something for you to wear, and it's a lot better. So he puts on the robe. He puts a ring on his hand, a ring's authority. God's given you authority. You are a son of the Most High God. You are a daughter of the Most High God. God's given you authority wherever you go. That's your identity. And lastly, he put shoes on his feet. You know, shoes, it talks about we've been prepared with preparation of the gospel peace. It's almost like wherever he goes, he's taking peace with him. Wherever he's, wherever he's going, he's prepared for that journey. God wants to restore some identity in this place today where you've believed lies, where you've been, you've been loitering too long. You've been, wandering, you've been around the mall too long. God wants you to come out of that and step forward into purpose from his word. You are child of God. It says, before I formed you, I knew you, and I destined you with purpose. Um, I was listening to this message by Jeremy, Pastor Jeremy Foster, and I found him on Instagram. He's a pretty cool guy. And he says, a lot of times when we feel like leftovers, like we see other people fulfilling their destiny, we see other people fulfilling what they were called to do, or we feel like we've given something and no one wants to use us anymore. We feel like leftovers. But then he says, you know, some leftovers are better on day three than they're on day one. My wife and I, we love Thanksgiving dinner, but we look forward to the leftovers from Thanksgiving because we're going to make a nice sandwich with all the uh, turkey and the gravy. And some of you may feel like leftovers, like nobody wants me, but I'll tell you what, that you guys, whoever feels like that, you're better on day three than on day one. And you may feel broken now, but God's going to use that brokenness to restore you back and to give you purpose again. Amen. So thanks, guys, for letting me preach this morning. So let's all stand. Thank you for listening to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. Connect with us on Instagram at KOG underscore Asheville and on Facebook at facebook.com slash KOG Asheville.